Hello and welcome to Now Here's a Thing, the latest laid-back podcast crafted by me, Tracy Jones, and me, Heather Noble. Pancakes. Are you a pancake doer? No, Stuart might. I don't know if Stuart will be doing some. No. Have you had pancakes this evening? I have, because of course it's Shrove Tuesday today. And now here's a thing. What's the derivation of Shrove Tuesday? Um, I thought it was to do with eating up all the things that are in the cupboard that you're not going to eat during Lent. Yeah, but why is it called Shrove Tuesday? Mm, don't know. No, that's why I had to Google it. I didn't know either. There's Ash Wednesday, Shrove Tuesday. Are they, but they're religious. Are they religious? Yeah, so this is a, it's a religious term derived from Shrive. Shrove. Okay. So I'm going to, sh- I'm going to Shrive. Okay. I have Shrove. <laughs> I Shrove. Shroven? Shroved? Shrove? <laughs> I Shroved. <laughs> shrive. Okay. And it refers to the confessions of sins as a preparation for Lent. Oh. So, there's a buzzing in your office, Heather. Yeah. Sounds like a hovercraft or something. Yeah. It's not in my office, I think it's outside. Okay, fine. We normally have this in the summer, don't we? We do. It's an odd one. Anyway, let's get back to pancakes. Let's get back to pancakes. So, it's pancake day on the day of recording, or Shrove Tuesday, and it's the day before... The start of Lent. Yes. And the start of Lent is on Ash Wednesday. Don't ask me what that's about. I don't look up Ash Wednesday. And it's the 40 days leading up to Easter. And on Shrove Tuesday, it is exactly what you say. Um, They went to um, confession, were absolved of their sins, and then ate up all the fat and the eggs before the fasting. Okay. So, during the fasting, did you just, just not eat fat and eggs? What did you not eat during the fasting? Well, or now, what did you eat during the fasting? Yeah, now, um, it's you give up one thing, yeah. isn't it? I don't really know. I'm not at all religious. No, so right. No, no. I'm, I've come underprepared. I needed a Catholic or, or, or an Anglican to come and tell me something about it. As a this. kid, you know, you used to like... <coughs> give up chocolate for Lent so that then at Easter you could eat Easter eggs I didn't but no that yeah, was I get the lines. yeah yeah <laughs> okay so it says Shrove Tuesday it's the last opportunity to oh. use up eggs and fats before embarking on the Lenten feast so whatever the Lenten fast was sorry not feast that's the Lenten feast a Lenten <laughs> doesn't use eggs and fats because you eat them all uh, before Lent. Okay. But then, uh, you know how when we do this research, you, you just disappear down know, different yeah. holes. So, um, apparently, pancakes themselves um, first appeared in cookery books in 1439. Okay. And then there's a reference to tossing or flipping pancakes in a book from 1619. Um, is that just part of the cooking process or is it I don't know I don't know who Pascal who wrote Pascal's Palin 1619 and every man and maid do take their turn and toss their pancakes up for fear they burn oh 
Okay, this is courtesy of Britannica. Okay. So I'm, I'm trusting the source. Yeah, yeah. And then what about other things to do with Pancake Day? And I'm thinking here of something I've never seen, but I understand exist. That's pancake races and mob football games. Ah, oh, well, so when I met my husband, he lived in Ashbourne in Derbyshire. Ah. And that is where they have the Shrove Tide football game. It is in here. Mm. The Royal Shrove Tide football, oh, sorry. it says, according to Britannica. As well as Atherston and Warwick, so Sedgefield in County Durham, um, Annick in Northumberland. Oh, OK. And they have this mob football Apparently, mob football died out, mostly, apart from in those places, with the passing of the 1835 Highways Act, which banned the playing of football on public highways. Well, there's certainly... Yeah, they're certainly not adhering to that in Ashbourne. I've not seen it, but I've heard of it and seen footage of it. <laughs> so, the most famous pancake race... Oh, so yeah. you know about the footballs. Do you know about pancake races? Only, I heard a little bit on Sarah Cox this morning about it, bizarrely. Well, not bizarrely, because it's okay. pancake day. But... Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rather expected yeah, yeah, to yeah. talk about pancake races, maybe. Uh, an opportunity for large numbers of people, often in fancy dress, to race down streets tossing pancakes. It seems an odd sentence, that. An opportunity. You could do it any day. Yeah. Who needs... An excuse, I think, is an the, excuse uh, for a large number of people to yes. put on fancy dress and toss pancakes whilst running. And the most famous pancake race takes place at somewhere called Olney in Buckinghamshire. And according to their tradition, in 1445, Gosh. so we're, we're going way back to the 1400s again. Clearly, pancakes were a big thing. Yeah, Not only were they consumed. <coughs> They were written about by people. Yeah. And given that not many people wrote around that time, I'd say pancakes must have been a thing. Or invented by one person and their few friends who could write. Oh, maybe pancakes weren't a thing and they just were, yeah. let's pretend. Let's, yeah, make let's, this let's thing invent up. a thing. Okay, so in, in Olney in 1445, a woman heard the shriving bell, and that's the bell at the church that says come and confess your sins while she was making pancakes okay and she ran to the church in her apron still clutching her frying pan and this is the reason now why why people dress up and run with pancakes it seems obviously I mean it wouldn't be the other way around would it it wouldn't be that they started racing with pancakes and then created a backstory for it (laughs) it could only be coming in one direction why, why was she taking her to the church? Exactly. I mean, surely she had time to put her pan down. And you wouldn't go to church in your penny, would you? That would be sacrilege. You'd think, wouldn't you? But it makes a good story. And then I I was just looking, as you do, and uh, looking at the web, and it takes you into these dark places. And I came across the, fre- the question, what does Fat Tuesday mean? Is it not the same as Pancake Day when you've just eaten too many of them? It's the day before Ash Wednesday. Mardi Gras. Fat Uh, Tuesday. uh, In times of greater Lenten austerity in Catholic countries, Mardi Gras offered an opportunity. We've got this bloody opportunity Everything's an opportunity, isn't it? For households to consume some foods they would not enjoy until Easter. Okay. 
And that was from simplycatholic.com. So again, I feel like I'm going to trust them. So I thought, well, okay, Mardi Gras. I always think of America, don't you, with Mardi Gras? Yeah. I don't necessarily think of Catholic. (coughs) I certainly don't think of abstinence. I think of excess. So maybe that's what it is. So it's a bit before. Yeah. 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 So in the United States, um, this is from Britannica again, um, the principal carnival celebration is in New Orleans. Right, okay, I've got that. But the carnival season there opens on 12th night, the 6th of January, Epiphany, and climaxes with the Mardi Gras festivities commencing 10 days before Shrove Tuesday. It sounds like January blues is not a thing there. So from the 6th of January, (coughs) you open carnival season. And you just go for it. Yeah, and then... Then you really ramp it up 10 nights before Shrove Tuesday. And this 10-day period is filled with, according to Britannica, elaborate revelrous parades, day and night, building up to the Mardi Gras and the Rex Parade. Beads of yellow, gold, green and purple are commonly distributed and the eating of king cake is an iconic part of the celebration. Is that a type of pan cake? King cake. I don't know. Now I need to know. I, I want. I, I get the sense and I feel that king cake is better than pancake. Well, what particularly? If, all I can think of is pancake in a field. Are you? Are you okay? You're too. I'm going to just. I'm just going to. Um, sorry, I'm just going to start. Um, I'll, I'll play some interlude music. In a, <coughs> I'll do a little advert. Got 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 a tickling cough. Don't know what to do with it. Stick a Jakeman's down your neck. That'll help. That'll, 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 I love a Jakeman's. I, I had some... Uh, These ones, not the yellow ones, the black ones. Yeah, the black ones, definitely. I had some Strepsils earlier on. Other cough sweets are available, and I suggest you have them. Strepsils did nothing for me. Mm. I wanted a Jakeman, really. Oh, they're good. They're good. Anyway, last little detour I took. So I was looking Shrove... Pancake, Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras has a carnival season. What is a carnival? It's where men dress as women and sit on trailers. Wouldn't you say that's the opportunity for men? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <coughs> got a pair of Oh, God, you're on, right? Here's an emergency check. Thank there you. So... It's the merrymaking and festivity that takes place in many Roman Catholic countries in the last days and hours before the Lenten season. I've never associated carnival no. with Lent. And the derivation of the word is uncertain, says Britannica, though it can possibly be traced to the medieval Latin, which I'm not going to repeat, which means to take away or remove meat. Carne, carnival. Yeah. This coincides with the fact that carnival is the final festivity before the commencement of 40 days of Lent. Oh, okay. This might help with a little bit about the pancakes, although I'm not totally sure, because it says Roman Catholics uh, fasted and abstained from eating meat. So unless you're having a meat pancake, I'm not quite sure how that works. But maybe... Maybe those things all joined together and it actually became pancakes because a lot of the 
poor people might not have meat. But they've got flour, probably. Yeah, and maybe. fat. Ground up grass. <laughs> <laughs> a potato. Sorry for making you laugh. That'll trigger another cough. And so, yeah, and the historical origin of carnival is also obscure, but it's probably related to, guess what? Easter. Pagan and Saturnalian festivals. Okay. Yes, which a lot of religious festivals are. There, I'm done. No, no, I'm not. No, I just wanted to share the fact that I had a Japanese pancake for my tea last night. Okay, so, so a day early... Yeah, because I knew I was coming here tonight. You used up all the things in the cupboard. Uh, no, and all I the things in the cupboards <laughs> to cover my Japanese. See, that's in. not that's not what it's about, is it? I'm not a Roman Catholic. I, I'm not, and I have no intention of uh, observing forty days of fasting or giving up anything, really. So, your Japanese pancake was it sweet or savoury? Savoury. What was in it? Kimchi, and it was very nice. Kimchi. With um, like a spicy chili flavouring and, and ginger, this pancake, nice big pancake, spread with brown sauce. Oh, okay. You know, like daddy's. Oh, okay. Brown ketchup. Sauce. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. So, if you were having pancakes, have you had pancakes this evening? Are you having pancakes? I had pancake. My daughter made me a pancake. Yes. And what did you have on it? Nutella and fresh strawberries. You play the Nutella card. It's just wrong. My favourite is probably lemon and sugar. Of course. Yes. That's it. But my daughter was making and she just does Nutella, so I I wasn't going to say no. Nutella? No. Lemon and sugar, that's it. And do you roll roll it up and chop it with scissors? No. Do you? Yeah, my mum used to. Chop it up with scissors? She made roll it up. Spaghetti. No, not like spaghetti, but she used to just chop it up, roll it up, and chop it in sort of bite-sized two centimetre stripes. So it, it, yeah, I think it's so you get more sugar and more lemon on it. <laughs> more surface area to mess around with. Okay, lovely. No, no, um, she folded mine into um, a quarter of a circle. Oh, nice. And stuffed it with strawberries. Lovely. It was very good. Very mm. good. Very nice. Enough pancakes now. Is your cough settled? It's the excitement of it all. Okay. But strap yourself in now. Okay. Well, well, well you tell yeah, me. I'm we're gonna going somewhere. Shakeman's. We're going somewhere completely different. Completely different. Right. Now, here's the thing. TV. Right? Yeah. You know, sometimes you find something on TV and it's compelling and you need to watch it. Binge it. Binge it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I might have done that occasionally. Okay. So the latest binge that we have done is gold. Oh, that's on my list, yes. Okay. So it's the the dramatisation of the Brinks Mac robbery, which um, apparently, if we're wearing gold... Are you wearing any gold? Yes, right. No, oh yeah, for a wedding yeah, ring. Yeah, wedding ring. Chances are that some of the Brinks Mac bullion will be in this gold. Wow. Because it was such a significant haul. So we watched it. Fantastic. Loved it. Really, really good. I won't... Well, spoilers. Like, they nicked a load of gold. Okay? Yeah. Um, sort of. 
heard you that. You kind of knew that, yeah. But it's a true story. And one of the characters in it was a guy called um, Kenneth Noy, who went to prison. Yeah. And then he was later released from prison. And then he was put back in prison because he um, murdered somebody in a road rage attack. Do you remember the story of there were a couple driving on the motorway somewhere? She was driving. Um, guy in a Land Rover or a Range Rover cut them up, took exception to being honked at or shouted at or something. Um, both vehicles stopped and he murdered the boyfriend. Wow. The driver. Okay. This is the same person. Anyway, so, so, um, so he's, yeah, he's been to prison twice. And so we'd watched it and then I was sort of reflecting on it. You know how you watch something and then you, it sort of stays in your mind. And, and I said to Stuart, so he, so, and he's out of prison now. I was like, okay. So what do you have to do to be locked up and not allowed out again? Okay. Okay, so... In this country. Without being released at all for good yeah, behaviour yeah, or, or yeah, parole yeah. or no end date. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I started thinking about that. And it turns out it's actually, and I'm not being flippant here at all, it's actually quite difficult to get sentenced to, to life and actually remain in prison for the rest of your life. If you go, um, if you go to the government website... That's useful to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's quite difficult. So, obviously, there are lots and lots of different factors. The thing that Stuart said to me was, I said, well, you know, if you murder somebody, I thought life, I thought life imprisonment meant at least 25 years. And he said, well, it's very subjective, isn't it? And I said, well, I don't think it is, is it? Because if you kill somebody, you kill somebody anyway. Because it wasn't manslaughter. Anyway. So I went to the government web. We we went to the government website, and legislation.gov.uk. This is your Friday night entertainment. I think it was. I think we were, this was like Saturday morning. We were discussing this, and Stuart was doing all the googling. And so, the starting points are cases that would normally fall within this subparagraph. Right, let's start at the beginning. If the court considers that the seriousness of the offence or the combination of the offence and one or more offences associated with it is exceptionally high and the offender was aged over 21 when the offence was committed. Right, so that's your starting point. Okay. The court have got to think that it's serious and you've got to be over 21. Okay. Cases that would normally fall within um, a, a mandatory life sentence would be the murder of two or more persons, where each murder involves any of the following. A substantial degree of premeditation or planning, the abduction, the abduction of the victim, or sexual or sadistic contact, conduct. So that's two or more people, right? The mur- B, the murder of a child if involving the abduction of the child or sexual or sadistic, sadistic motivation. You murder a child, abduct a child... Wow, really horrible things to a child. The murder of a police officer or prison officer in the course of his or her duty where the offence was committed on or after the 13th of April 2015. D. A murder done for the purpose of advancing a political, religious, racial or ideological cause. Or E. 
a murder by an offender previously convicted of murder. Okay? Okay. So I didn't think that your past history can impact on... You know, your previous criminal record yeah. can impact. So if you'd... I don't know. If you'd been sentenced for burglary and then you're out of prison and you're up again for burglary. But clearly it can because... Yeah. If you've murdered somebody before and you do it again, you're, you're more likely to get a whole life order. Good. Yeah. So There's all, a pattern emerging. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, there are various things. Um, however, it led us then to look at, okay, well, who's actually in prison with whole life orders in this country now? Oh. Or whoever has You went down a dark hole. Didn't it you? is dark. Oh, sentencing, actually, because then last night we were watching a programme about parole, um, people who were applying for parole. That was fascinating. But that was after I decided that this is what we're going to talk about today. Anyway, so some of the people who have had whole life orders, um, Ian Brady, Moore's murderer. Okay. In prison from 1966 until his death in 2017. Makes sense. Myra Hindley. 1966 until 2002. For the same reasons, it makes yeah. sense. Uh, Donald Nielsen, the Black Panther, um, shot three postmasters during robberies in um, in and around the country and then abducted a 17-year-old heiress from a Shropshire home. Okay. And attempted ransom. Um, he lost an appeal to have his tariff reduced to 30 years. Anyway, he died in 2011. So these, these, here are some people, some names that we have heard of. Um, uh, Dennis Nielsen, the Muswell Hill murderer. Jeremy Bamber, um, who, there's been a Netflix thing about him recently, hasn't there? But these sentences were imposed by the Home Secretary. Okay. So now there's a list of people who are in. Rosemary West is in there. Um, Harold Shipman's in there. But people who were sentenced by judges. So since the European, since the European Court of Human Rights decision, only trial judges and the High Court have had the power to impose a whole life order. In that time, there have been at least 63 instances of trial judges recommending that an offender should never be released. Several of these prisoners have had their whole life tariffs reduced by an appeal by the oh. reduced on appeal by the High Court. So there are, there are lots of names here that that aren't fortunately aren't as well known because why should you get notoriety? Notoriety. But Levi Belfield is in there. Okay. Um, two thousand and eight. Again, a recent TV series about yes, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Peter Tobin. Uh, Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper. Anyway, lots and lots of people who aren't very nice people. But I just thought it was really interesting just how difficult, <laughs> how difficult it, it potentially is, or not so, how much you could do that feels really, really, really wrong and still be able to walk free after a, a period yes. of time. I find it fascinating. And I feel wrong segueing into my next thing here. Okay. Go for it. We need something. Is it funny? 
Well, it is. I, I, feel, like, I feel like it could be implicating, is it, implicating oh, me. Is it a mood lightener? Um, no. Okay. If you're aged in your 40s and 50s and feeling angry at your husband, yes. chances are your menopause symptoms have something to do with okay. it. Okay. Listen and learn, guys. Um, so... And and uh, I, I saw that as I was looking for something else to do with menopause. I did make a take a screenshot of is menopause, and then what Google gave me is menopause good or bad? Is menopause an illness? Is menopause a disability? Is menopause hereditary? <laughs> is menopause a medical condition? Is menopause painful? Is menopause genetic? Is <laughs> menopause a condition? It's menopause like hereditary. I think that's amazing. I have, I have a feeling that some of these might have been by men. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I was um, I was chatting at the weekend with a friend about this. Um, how sometimes you, you can feel a sense of, um, um, I can't take any more of this shit. I'm not putting up with this shit anymore. And is it just because you've learned to not put up with this shit or is it hormone-related it, you know, where, where's it coming from? And I guess it depends Where is on... this rage coming yes, from? Yes, just rage, yes. So as you've been looking up um, what it takes to have a whole-of-life sentence, <laughs> I'm not indicating, <laughs> uh, but this article is uh, Why You're Angry at Your Husband. Okay. And again, <laughs> I would say what that article is perhaps doing is deflecting the blame to the woman. Yeah. Oh, it's your hormones. Years ago, if a woman was um, was angry or, or or even reading a novel, we've seen that before, haven't we? Reasons why women were were put into institutions, you know, doing something as horrendous as having a a, a novel or or a sex drive. Yes. 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 Um, so saying that you're angry at your husband because it's your menopause is suggesting that they're not doing anything to make you angry. Like yes, not understanding what the menopause is or showing any empathy. Or making it harder for you to just go, hey-ho. <laughs> yes. So, so I'm not going to go through all the menopause stuff, but that, that sort of caught my eye. Why you're angry at your husband. And, and actually, on a serious note, one of the things that did deeply concern me this week was um, the horrible stories about Nicola Bully. Oh. He's recently been found and she had problems with alcohol and the menopause. I'm like, who hasn't? Yeah. You know, who hasn't? Yeah. And that is not an excuse, a reason, a mask. It is a thing. Mm. It happens to, yeah. 50% yeah. of the population. Yeah. Not saying the alcohol does, but you know, when you, who's to say it's a problem or not? Yeah. It certainly yeah. shouldn't be the police. So, yeah, so I went through there and as I was doing that, this, um, so I got, I just got annoyed again. So I've had a whole week of being annoyed by things. And you could say it's due to the menopause, or you could just say, I'm fed up with shit. But there was this uh, article. 12 ways to beat menopausal belly fat. Blimey. I could change that heading. 12 ways to beat you over the head with my menopausal belly fat. Right, yeah, yeah. I don't want to beat my many... Yeah, that too. I've got Jakeman's in my Mm. mouth and that's why I can't... They're good, aren't they? So uh, then I uh, saw an article that lightens the mood a little bit. 
22 things people say that get increasingly annoying with age. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not going to go through all of them, but you might recognise them. People excess- being excessively loud in public, apparently, is, is one that annoys people. A small print of food, food manufacturers. Oh, yeah. So it's not things that they say, things people say that get more annoying. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. So um, small print. And I, I did see somebody suggest that should shampoo and conditioner manufacturers put the name shampoo and conditioner in bigger font on the bottle yes. so that when you're in the shower without your glasses on, you can see which is which. Yes, they should. But increasingly, I can't read the back of instructions on cosmetics. I'll tell you why that they should. Some have started doing the whole, one of them's upside down and the other one's the right way up. But I never know which one's which. So, But the, sh- the shampoo and conditioner that I use, um, I had exactly this happen. So I had a really bad day yesterday. So I've not been very well. I really ne- I had a really bad night. I was all sweaty and horrible. I was like, right. I'm getting up, I'm having a shower, I'm going to make myself feel better. So first thing that happens, the shower's not working. Right, okay, so that means I need to move everything into the upstairs bathroom um, so that I can shower and wash my hair there. And I haven't got my glasses on, and I wash my hair, and then I put the conditioner on my hair, and I realise that I've just put more shampoo on my hair just out of a different bottle. And that the conditioner is still downstairs. <laughs> oh no! So it's a rage. But yeah, yeah. I was not. I was not happy because they were two different size bottles, but they were both shampoo. What's all that about? Stupid. That's what it is. Stupid. Don't call me stupid, young lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it. Not you. Um, another thing that annoys people: uh, cleaning. That's always annoyed me. This person said, I'm tired of stepping on crumbs and picking up clothes. Yes. Fair dues. Uh, the length of time it takes to recover from an injury. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, when subtitles don't match the audio. Oh, my gosh. That happens a lot with my mother-in-law because we have subtitles on. I spend all my time reading the subtitles, commenting on the typos, or, oh. or when they've got, like, voice recognition, and it's oh, just... Oh, my so gosh. Wrong. Uh, this this one, you'll feel the pain of this one. Having to scroll down more and more to find my birth year yes. form. Yes. A yeah. <laughs> L- little bit crude, but pooing so long your legs go to sleep, but you aren't done yet. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, Sorry about that. that. Um, having to figure out what you're having for dinner every single <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah. And uh, somebody's just put, is everything a suitable answer? Because everything. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that was a woman or not. (laughs) Sorry, my brain hasn't been working today, but that was 22 things people say that get increasingly annoying with age. But you started to say... Things that people say that are annoying. Yes. Well, that's a whole other topic. I was amazed that there were only 22. (laughs) Now Here's a Thing is a Jones and Noble production brought to you every week. Well, maybe not every week ever. <laughs> Recorded with an iPhone, a microphone and lots of hot air. <laughs>